Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Trapper, Mike Palmer, and Melissa Griffith with you. And this week, we're going to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2020, wrapping up uh, just a few short days ago. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm thinking about the future. You know, there's a lot of like uh, new tech, new gadgetry uh, coming out. And uh, you always see that in January as you're kicking off the year. And it's like you're putting your 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 AR VR glasses on and you're looking into what's the future going to look like and uh, that's kind of what uh, the consumer electronics show is about and uh, we've been covering it uh, really since this show started every January uh, interestingly it was a little more of a bro culture uh, that was covering the consumer electronics show and uh, very happily uh, you know we now have Melissa Griffith here uh, to bring her unique unique perspective, which I think includes uh, uh, a fondness for gadgetry and, and technology and what's emerging. So, so welcome, Melissa, and uh, thoughts on the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, just in general, and uh, you know how it relates to uh, trending in education. Uh, please share. I mean, uh, you that lead-in. I, I'm, I to unpack your lead-in. I'm not sure where to go with that. So, a couple of things. One, consumer electronics show. Always fun to watch new tech. I am a a techie at heart. I like to have new new electronics in front of me. So I love that. The, the bro culture that was covered in the bro culture is fascinating. I'm a little nervous. I'll tell you why I'm a little nervous about your lead-in just now because yeah. you know. The CES, uh, good or bad, they're trying to change their world culture, but they did have Ivanka Trump uh, yes. on the stage, and that's a little concerning to me because yes. that's kind of like saying, you know what, okay, if we need a woman, any woman would do. And you might have just made a veiled reference to that when me joining your show, which yeah. is why I'm like, uh, it's layered, it's complex, I, right? There's, like, there's a lot like, going I, on. I'm I'm trusting uh, precursor to other shows that come. That that's not an implicit bias that you're showing oh there. Oh, that's a nice. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that too. But uh, but yeah, so a lot going on, Dan. Uh, so that's that's how I'm doing. And uh, and yeah, it's always fun to have uh, Melissa on the show to to bring uh, some uh, some more perspective. There is a uh, Cosmopolitan article, Cosmo magazine, that uh, discusses exactly that, Ivanka Trump and the bro culture or the uh, man-centric culture at uh, CES over the years and how they've tried to break away, but maybe they fell right back into it here in 2020 with that keynote speaker. We can get into that a little bit more. But Melissa, uh, one, how are you? It's nice to talk to you. I mean, we didn't hear how you're doing. I am. I'm doing. I'm doing good. I am actually. It's it's all perfect because this year I've made the the like almost the new year's resolution although i don't like those words to bring more like ease of technology into my life so you guys all know how i feel about data all know how i feel about uh technology i've started using uh, alexa at home a uh, lot more we've always had it uh, i've literally started like just trying to automate everything so i've been putting a lot of automated switches in my house uh i i, I like to now i have fun with alexa because i set these random words uh, that will so Alexa Melissa go night night and it turns off uh, it turns off all the lights and it puts on like common music like I'm having fun with technology and it it actually starts to change the way you inter interact when you actually get it to work for you sure which is my goal for this year I, you haven't lived in you until you've heard my two-year-old yell at Alexa because <laughs> those words don't form quite right and she gets very angry that Alexa is not listening but uh, nonetheless Mike there's there's so many different you know topics different lanes to go down when it comes to CES you've touched on the technology and maybe here at the top 
what are your thoughts about the necessity of CES, the, the sort of grander, the, the, how big it is, and is it really something that is spurring innovation and pushing these consumer electronics forward, or is it something more of a bygone error that may fade over time? That's a good question. Uh, and uh, just getting back to my lead-in, the fact that we're talking about a Cosmopolitan article about the, the implicit bias and how their corrective action against bro culture missed the mark. I still view that as progress, you know? So like we may not get all the way there, but I think the fact that that's part of the conversation of the Consumer Electronics Show is a sign that consciousness probably is elevating over time. People are getting a better read on what's happening and they're not just thinking about, oh, we've done this uh, show this way all the time. We're gonna keep doing it the way we love to do it back in the 90s and before. So like, I do think that is progress. And then related to that progress is uh, letting go of some of the bygone components. So like uh, the quote unquote booth girls uh, who were part of what the Consumer Electronics Show was for many years uh, are no longer part of uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. What is still, to your point, Dan, what is your question? What is still a big part of the Consumer Electronics Show are like, physical electronics, like the physical hardware. And I don't know if that, I think back in the, the late 60s, right on through the end of the 20th century, that was where the cutting edge technology was. You know, that was pre-personal computer. So the personal computer was at the consumer electronics show. And like, that'll continue to be the case to a certain extent, like, you know, as wearables mature, AR, VR gets more interesting, the physical hardware will evolve. That'll be interesting. But what I think com the Consumer Electronics Show may not fully nail is the electronics in context with the software, the human, the broader network that, that everybody's connected into. I don't think it's ready to go to that level of depth. And I do think a lot of the thinking is maturing around those types of experiences. So I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, old school technology vibe, even as they try to blow your mind with sort of like new imaginative tech. I mean, how many flavors of concept car are they gonna cart out, you know, until we really have mature flying cars and then everybody cares, you know, or like how many times are they gonna talk about smart cars until it's more widely adopted? So, um, so that's my initial, initial take. Like, I, I think we'll still gravitate to it because something's gonna, like the physical electronics will be maturing but they just seem like part of a broader ecosystem. So I think that's gonna be hard for this conference to kind of evolve past, because I think it's more about the physical objects themselves and a little bit of the, the razzle dazzle around how you roll out uh, the evolution of that. I, I mean, I don't know, like for a culture aside, I'm, not, I'm gonna stop touching that one uh, right now, but I don't like, so, it, it all depends on how, how CES chooses to do this, right? Like, I do believe, like, the physical, physical is not going away in terms of consumer electronics. I think this is your point. But I think they can. I, I think they have permission, and you see it in a lot of this. Like, nothing they present now at CES is without some software or some other mm -hmm. area behind it. I think it's how they choose to, to incorporate it. They could do it really well, and they can evolve the... They have permission to play in that space because I don't know who else would play in that space right now mm -hmm. at a large conference. Like you, you see the Samsungs and the Microsofts and the Apples of the world doing their own shows. Yeah. Uh, CES brings everyone together, which, so I, I think they have permission to do it, whether they do it well or not is TBD. 
Yeah. Uh, but like you, you're not going to ever a software program without the tech is not going to be as much fun for us to go to and see either. Yeah, I, I guess my point is a little more that what you're going to see at the Consumer Electronics Show is like an entire ecosystem built by Samsung and a, a robot that's now built by Sony. So how these big brands are sort of extending the the physical yeah. delivery of their their value and like they're going to try to be as cross-channel multimodal they'll try to be delivering it in every form factor possible but like that to me is more like the the big ecosystem play that is going to be coming from like the big companies that are out there the part of ces that i, I think is more what it inspires me and what i think may not elevate there. Although I think some of the, the smaller like robot companies are, are a place where this is kind of interesting. That's why like I love uh, Lovat, which, uh, which we talked about at uh, South by Southwest EDU and it looked like they got good press out there, which is sort of like the, the therapeutic um, robot space, I think is, is a really interesting one because like robots are less um, how we imagined they were going to be. The whole idea of the uncanny valley, I think is going away. But, um, but I like when small companies can make their mark and emerge with sort of category changing innovation. And I think to do that right, they're gonna to need to then partner with another software company. Cause like the actual innovation from a small company is gonna be either creating a new category or doing something genuinely innovative and novel. And I think frequently that gets drowned out by, you know, Sony, not, Sony has a car and, you know, Samsung has a ball and, you know, like, you know, so, um, so I don't know. I just think it's an interesting time to think about which companies are going to win by establishing a physical component to what was a software company and then which sort of uh, electronics companies are going to mature in the other direction. And then how does that innovation relate to more pure startup innovation where somebody just invents something that is new that kind of comes out of the blue. You, you know, I, I, I thought you were going to, when you first started that point, it, it's a valid point. I thought you were going to take it a different area, which is where I actually think there's also going to be a challenge with, with CS is, is to me like it's to have a Samsung phone, to have like a Alexa in your house, to have a Google phone in your house. It's the intersection of how these things play together that you sometimes don't get at, at CES and it, to bring it together and actually show me how to build my smart home yes. is, is actually something that I think is, is probably missing because every company is like, here's my new stuff, but your new stuff is only valuable to me in, to the extent that it works with something else I have in the house. And I, I'm not sure I'm seeing that yet. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're starting to play together, but the question is how do you get them to all like seamlessly integrate? Yeah, and then and then to your example of programming your home through Alexa, like, are you a typical user? What interfaces are given to you to kind of do your sort of configuration and personalization? How much of that is in is responsive, you know, so that you can kind of feel what it's like to try this thing versus try this other thing? And like, I just don't think that level of personal context can emerge from something that's the scale of the consumer electronics show. But, um, but it's still always interesting to, to talk about. And then also extending that, that same idea, Melissa, like the, if the same way you're configuring your home, 
you know, if you're configuring a learning environment in that way, um, what would the implications be there? So like, that's always, you know, again, just so much of 2020 is about spectacle and noise nowadays and CES is, you know, uh, almost cliche level of spectacle and noise, but it's like, how do you actually get to that sort of very personal human context of, I want to leverage these things to solve this specific problem. And instead CES is more like, we'll give you this gadget, be amazed by this gadget. We'll go figure That's out how to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, there was one product that won an innovation award called Dabby, which is a over the top, not, not OTT, but a uh, higher level uh, streaming service. So it actually brings all streaming services into one. So instead of signing up for every single one under the sun between Peacock now and, and whatever else might be out there with Hulu and, and Netflix, it does it all for you. And so you're just signing up for this one service and to Melissa's point, sort of doing that extra legwork rather than me having to track all my passwords and figure out who's sharing it and where they are in the world and whether or not I'm going to get locked out or not. Uh, you have this one uh, login uh, that you can do there. I do think also, Melissa, you made the point before about Alexa. You guys were, were just going back and forth about that and how they interact on the individual base like Google and Amazon working together. And as a consumer, and yes, it's CES, but as a consumer, that's not something they talk about. I think that's a really interesting point, not something I think they necessarily think about there. It's very much, as Mike was saying, those ecosystems individually, not how the end state consumer will be using them moving forward. So I think that's a, a really smart and really a point I hadn't thought of before in how this sort of fair or, uh, you know, uh, interaction at uh, CES could work moving forward for the actual end state consumer. So uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think uh, as we go through the different uh, topics here and, and understand the innovation awards, that's all we can share those links, tons of uh, gadget.com and CNET and, and uh, all these different sites have shared their top and what they think is best in the awards themselves. Mike, there was a lot of robots. I do want to give due to, to the, the love it, the robot, which we met, uh, at South by Southwest EDU, but now you guys are just showing off. Well, a little bit. I mean, I'll pat myself <laughs> on the back from time to time, but it does sort of circle back to Melissa, you interacting with your Alexa the way you do. Like you have these key phrases. And one of the things in one of the articles was about how, Mike, you talk about the Uncanny Valley, you talk about the idea of us interacting. And when they give these robots the quirks, and that was a big thing at CS this year, they maybe spoke in a child's voice or they had a little bit of a, a a different sounding voice or they laughed at certain times that were uncomfortable like a person there's a, might do there's a puppy there was a puppy it looked i mean so there's cool. a puppy that looked pretty freaking cute I, it looked like a robot puppy it looked like a puppy i, I like a pup yeah and i was fine with that because i wanted a puppy that i don't have to clean up after exactly. and that seemed perfect right i yeah. don't do not let my kids know because we got them like the really small robot cat and dog and if there's a real one out there it's gonna be uh, oh, it, it looks so cute it's adorable i'm gonna send been, a link to your daughter right now it's probably my favorite part of of the of the following the consumer electronics show in earnest the last three years is like there's always something that is more like like a smart soft therapeutic toy that i just start thinking like that we have a loneliness epidemic right now yep. and we have a lot of people who are having problems in their lives and like just feeling some sense of companionship that I don't think ultimately will supplant real pets. And I don't think it'll make us stop caring about other humans. Although that is how the black mirror episodes are being uh, penned. I'm, I'm sure, but like, but it is pretty cool that 
people who need to feel more of a sense of positive emotion, love, affection, companionship, that those problems are also getting solved through these sorts of robots. And like, you gotta kinda, you gotta kinda like hug it a little bit to understand what, <laughs> what we're talking about. But like, there is a level of like, it's a proxy for what we're evolved to feel, but the proxies are so close that like, I think it's a natural evolution towards like social emotional learning the which we talk about a lot on the show how like we all need to get better at empathy get better at understanding how we feel and then understanding what things sort of help us feel better and help us cope uh, i thought that was uh that every year it's always interesting to see these robots as a, a sort of a physical manifestation of like how do we find comfort in a crazy time melissa i'd love to get your perspective on uh on the robots including the therapeutic ones I mean, I can, I, I am so many thoughts are going through my head as you have this. I, I don't even know if I can unpack my mind in real time. I will say this. Um, I, I see the, like my snap judgments is I see the value of it, right? I totally see the value of a therapeutic, um, a therapeutic pet, uh, one for like a dog, uh, a child. You can, you can imagine that like children who have a hard time picking up uh, social cues at the young age, using these types of toys to teach them how to do so, how to interact, maybe are intimidate. like it's a way to bring the interaction, like bring their interaction, their emotional intelligence forward within in a safe environment so I can see it. I worry at the same time, I, like everyone else will, that it, it may supplant the need for, uh, the need for so like the actual human connection. Yeah. And it, it may make us more isolated than we want and more divided. So yeah. like, like follow me through this, that, that may be a complete tangent like in the world where we are such a bipolar like society as it is where like i i only want to hear my news i only want to talk to my friends i only want to do this because i want to stay in my own bubble yeah these things force you more into your own bubble and just allow you to disconnect from from the world and, and i think that's a little sad so in in the one like in in one way I like it and obviously I like technology obviously I am um, I clearly do it all the time probably more than normal Alexa I love you do you love me like I probably because it's always fun it is always fun to do it if you haven't done it try it it is so yeah. much fun like uh, some like they all Alexa Siri Google they all have their own answer to it I do it to all of them I mean this may be a cry for help um, somebody told me they love me soon <laughs> like, it could be so many places but it does it makes you I think it may ultimately I worry that it may have unknown consequences on society That's yeah i mean i, I could i could definitely thing. see that i mean we like the impact to dogs that might have been rescued otherwise you know like uh, i'm just looking at jenny the realistic robot pup from uh tombot and uh if, if you get a chance look it up because like it feel it looks like looks a little like puppy, a puppy. and uh i just think Dan, just check uh, your daughter's link. She has it already. I just sent it over. <laughs> I honestly have no doubt that you made that happen somehow. So. <laughs> and we've established she already talks to Alexa, so it's probably in your cart already too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done and done. But um, but it's it is interesting to I think it's it's you're raising some interesting points. I think it's the same points that are raised by uh, as simulations get better too. Mm -hmm. You know, like at what point do we find the uh, the appeal of these fake things? to be greater than that of genuine human contact or, or genuine, uh, you know, love with a pet. And um, I think those are the, that's like a real 
question that I think is being, we're all being kind of thrown into that. Um, but to me, I, I sometimes feel like we rush to judgment on that when we forget about, you know, kids in, in wards, in, in hospitals overnight who are, you know, in pain and you can't really have a dog with yep. a kid in their room. And like, so like allow time to appreciate the, the problem that these things are designed for. And then at the same time, be critical about the dangers of wide adoption of this stuff over time. But I don't think you can stop it either. Like I think these things are, are gonna be mass produced uh, and in people's homes much sooner than, than you think. I just think they're also gonna cycle through pretty fast. So like, I think you'll get one and then you'll be like, oh, a love bot? I don't really need that. Like, cause now the new version of my therapeutic toy. Oh God, oh, I cannot, it will literally, like I can see, this is a problem with like someone with me who forms attachments and then objects from time to time. I could not fathom like having 2.0 coming out and me loving my last Roman last. It will like ruin me. You will send my over-exaggerated emotional intelligence into psychotic. Oh I, I'm just saying. So Mike, plus one, I, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't tell you. Like I think as always, I earn the side of benefits over risk, mm -hmm. right? So progress even over like like the risk that I have it. So I do not think we should stop it. I do not think we can stop it. It just, it does, it makes me process through all the things. Like when I first saw those robots, I was like, ah, that's how they'll get you. They'll, they'll put these cute little robots in your house and then they'll take over and it's like Chucky coming into your house. <laughs> like, like that. Yeah. Like, They're just one, one, uh, one major hack away from those, <laughs> those dogs going, Jenny's going bonkers. There's an army of robot dogs. Yes. Homes, which is in fact, uh, pretty close to a Black Mirror episode that's already been made. So, uh, and, and so, so yeah. And, and we're coming up on time and we haven't even talked about, uh, the, the sex toy oh. complexity, uh, of, uh, there's a really good Cosmo article. Sex where tech, Mike. Sex tech. <laughs> Excuse yep. me. Do you want to do you want to provide some quick context? I know we're tight on time. Sure. Uh, I'm. I'm I, I, <laughs> sure. You're so excited. Please continue. I, I will get into it. Uh, so for a few years, there was uh, sex tech that was part of CS, but was typically towards the back or, or the second floor was put uh, sort of out of the main uh, thoroughfare. Last year, there was a sex tech product that won an award. And that award was taken away after the fact uh, because of. Just to add to that, that it was a female-led company yes. that built that was focused on like female uh, sex toys. You know, like yes. like a vibrator, I think, right? So like it was, yep. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Melissa, we were saying, how did we miss this story? I do not how know how I missed the story. I was aware. I just didn't bring it up on the podcast. Oh my God. This yeah. is yeah. definitely yeah. news yeah. that you should hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so any thoughts, any thoughts on this, Melissa? Cause I mean, this, this is kind of, you know, uh, it, it, they're trying to correct it, but then this, I guess, full circle, you know, the, honestly, who's, can we uh, just cite the author of that Cosmo article? Cause I actually thought it was, yep. uh, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, and it's nice to source from different. It is sources. Cindy Gallup. Yeah. Cause I, I thought her perspective on it was pretty interesting. Cause that's where she was also saying, even as they're making progress and they're trying to correct some of these mistakes that the, they were trying to drive towards better representation of women at the consumer electronics show. And who did they book? 
but uh, you know, Ivanka Trump, who's not really a technologist, yeah. she's not really related to what's going on there. So, um, Melissa, you touched on it a little bit at the top, but I'd love to get maybe. I, a I mean, and uh, Cindy hit the nail on the head, right? Like there are so many uh, women in technology who could be better suited to be at that show than Ivanka Trump. Let's forget even in consumer electronics, which you can find them like in technology, you could have found a lot uh, a representative. That's why I'm saying, right? To me, CES, bro culture or not, they're, they're still playing. You're playing at trying to evolve. They're mm -hmm. not actually trying to evolve. And if they were, you'd see more women in their keynote speakers. You'll see more women in their actual leadership mm -hmm. of, of, the, of the conference and so forth. And, and until you see that, it's not gonna come true. And on the sex tech and the innovation award, good for good for women because for years the sex industry has been dominated by men it's by men for men and to see more women coming up into that is a powerful thing that shouldn't be considered vulgar which is why they took away the award it should be considered a part of the evolution of society and understanding your body and the me too movement and all these things yeah. it is about empowering women to to be equals not like Go, go, don't talk about it. That's that's inappropriate. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, Dan, was there other stuff on that you wanted to make sure we hit? Because I, I just want to make sure we hit that a little because like, I thought that was, it did kind of wake me up that even this controversy existed. And I was surprised that I missed that uh, a year ago. And, uh, and it does seem like we're at least aware of the problem. And now are we actually going to solve it, which uh, is again, that tease to like implicit bias. Like we now understand that there's a problem here with CES. They seem to be taking actions to kind of correct some of what maybe has been their historical problems, but are those actions enough? And what really needs to, to happen for, for sort of these older school, uh, you know, were sort of products of patriarchy things from back in the day can they really reset for the 21st century or do they just sort of make attempts at it enough so that people just let them get back to how they normally want to operate? I think, I think it's an interesting uh, critical perspective and it's uh, appreciate uh, having you here so that, uh, you know, get your take on it as well, Melissa. I would say the one point from the article that even goes beyond sex tech is what seems like a really simple solution from the, the author is, send out a survey to female tech leaders and see what they would want to see more at CES. Like take the simple approach of you are a leader in this industry. What would you like to see at CES? What would you want to do if you're running CES, which seems really simple, uh, but hasn't happened as of yet. So I think uh, she laid out the sex tech angle of it all and, and her approach to try to do a keynote. And she was rejected a couple of times, but then even further, just, just ask the people what they want and ask the people who should be involved uh, in the discussion to be part of the discussion rather than telling them what's going to happen moving forward. And also what, and what metrics are they, you know, is it the percent of women attendees, women keynotes, women in the leadership of the consumer electronics show? Are those the types of types of metrics that they're actually driving towards and, you know, reporting on and setting goals around, or are they just doing this so that they get enough press that they sort of get out of, uh, of being in on timeout. Um, but Melissa, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, look, my, my final word on CES, it, for me, just uh, as, a, as a woman, it, it feels very much like I am now 
like I'm now being told by men, like, okay, if you if you if you want us to pay more attention to you, okay, we'll begrudgingly get rid of the 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 women that are doing like I don't even remember what you're calling those women. We're calling we'll them girls, yeah, yeah. Was... girls, we'll we'll get rid of it because it's offending your sensibilities. But like, it's it feels more like men acting because we told them they had to act and not because they actually care about it. And that may not, if that's not their intent. Uh, I, I wait to see what they do next year. Yeah, and I think that's what's the track, right? 2020 to 2021, see if uh, culture changes further, see if, uh, I know they do some road shows as well for CES. They do smaller shows uh, throughout the year. So see if those change as well, if more women become represented on the uh, keynote stage, on the presentation stage, and even within the organization itself as they move forward. An interesting topic, and I'm sure we'll see some of the education stuff throughout the year, the robots, the AI that was out at CES along with, the love it and the dog. I have to, I'm going to have to show my kids this, but uh, we will talk about that at a later date. Thank you, Melissa. I'm going to have so a cute. robot dog in my house, but we appreciate you always listening to <laughs> trending and education. We are available on Twitter at trending and ed. If you have any thoughts on CES or other topics you want us to talk about, and of course, linkedin.com as well. It's linkedin.com slash trending in education for Mike and Melissa, Dan Shepard saying thanks so much for listening to trending in education.